Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. World Breaker Hulk was tricked. The combined forces of the Illuminati got him to cast himself off of Earth and into the deepest part of space. This just made Hulk that much more mad. Upon returning from the edge of the universe, Hulk quickly realized that Earth no longer resembled the planet he once knew. Humanity was almost entirely gone and technology covered in overgrown moss all around. It is then that a roar could be heard as Godzilla Earth appeared, towering over the tree lines. Hulk shouts, You took my revenge from me! You must pay! As he launches himself at the giant monster, and something has got to give. It's Gojira versus Bruce, it's Giant Green Monster versus Giant Green Monster. It's Godzilla Earth versus World Breaker Hulk. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Welcome, by the way, to Season 6. We've been bringing you, the Legion of Audience, some huge matchups, and I'm not sure if it gets any bigger than this. In one corner, you have Godzilla Earth, the true, absolute king of the monsters in all of his majestic glory, versus the World Breaker Hulk, quite possibly the most physically powerful being in all of geek culture. As usual, I did the patented who would win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed, and you better believe that this specific battle has actually been discussed before, but as always, it's never gotten the who would win treatment until today, that is. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm fascinated by today's matchup. You said in the production meeting that you really wanted to do not just Hulk. We've done Hulk before. You wanted to focus just on World Breaker, World War Hulk. One of the, the, the obviously, the most powerful Hulk version, right, that the world has ever seen. So when it came time to do it, we've done Godzilla on the show a couple of times before but never the anime newer Godzilla Earth version. So if you're going to go most powerful Hulk, I will counter with most powerful Godzilla, and we'll see what happens. You know, it was an interesting thing because when you said originally in the production meeting, sure, I'll go with the most recent version of Godzilla. I was like, great, that's Godzilla minus one. A fantastic movie, by the way. I highly recommend everyone go see it. Really, really great film. 
And that one was kind of like a weaker version of Godzilla, still powerful, but weaker with limited healing, not quite as big, not quite as powerful. And then all of a sudden I got this crazy memo from the Hulu production team, Godzilla Earth. I'm like, wait, who is that? And I'm like, what in the heck is this thing that the Hulk is battling? All I got to say is I am hyped for this battle. And when you have a Titanic season opener battle, like the one we've got today for the Hoodwin show, there's really only one judge who can handle it. So making another appearance on the Hoodwin show, it's someone who Dr. Doom, Batman, and my old Hebrew school teacher, Mrs. Finkelbaum, all agree is the smartest person on the internet. It's host of the Delvin Cox Experience and the PlayStation Experience podcast. You'll never guess who it is. It's the one, it's the only, Delvin Cox. Delvin, welcome back to Who Would Win. Super happy to be back for this Clash of the Titans. We have a super main event here, and this is a heck of a way to open up the season. I'm excited. We're excited to have you here. Now, before we get into this matchup, tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, what you've been up to. I've been doing a, quite a few things. I'm, um, you know, if you listen to um, Justice League Mortal, there was just a Christmas special that came out recently that I returned as the Green Lantern, so that's the main thing. I also um, am on a podcast called, on the PSVG Podcast Network. I'm on literally every show. So if you like video games, PSVG is the place to go. We have Nintendo Shack. We have play some video games, and we have the places experience. All the shows I'm either host or co-host on, and it's pretty exciting. Pretty cool stuff. I love it. Of course, uh, the Who Would Win production team, Racy Canis and I, we all recommend any podcast and all podcasts that uh, Delvin Cox is, is involved with currently. But I'm just super excited to see where it goes because I know a lot about the Hawk. I know a lot about Godzilla, but I don't know that much about these two specific versions of it. So I'm super excited to see where it goes at. You're not the only one. All right, listen, let's just get to it. Let's start season six with a bang. Race to Canis, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Japanese cinema, the kaiju who destroyed Earth faster than the Nestle Corporation could ever dream of, Godzilla Earth. And representing Marvel Comics, the unstoppable force who can defeat armies, but is still ranked as the third most powerful Bruce behind Lee and Campbell, World Breaker Hulk. Well done, Ray. And before we go any further, let's go over the basics of a Who Would Win match. Now, each debater will make three points. And the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge or prep time. And the debater must stay within the confines of the character. And the judge has the final say in all things related to the decision and will determine who will win based on, you know, death of the opponent, incapacitation, or battlefield removal with no outside interference being allowed. Remember, you can always check out all the rules on our website at www.whowouldwinshow.tv. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Visit www.whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some great Who Would Win shirts and merch. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Godzilla Earth. Godzilla is a giant reptilian monster who often destroys Tokyo. He was created originally by Tomoyuki Tanaka. Aiji Subarara and Isiro Honda, easy for me to say, and first appeared in the movie Godzilla in 1954. The Godzilla Earth version that I'll be using today first appeared in the anime movie Godzilla Planet of Monsters in 2017 and has appeared in two more films to complete the trilogy since then. Now, in this dramatic reimagining of the Godzilla legend, 
Godzilla has caused nearly all of the human race to become extinct. Survivors fled the planet with the plan of settling elsewhere, but that didn't work out. So they returned to Earth now 20,000 years later because of some, you know, time thing that happens when you go out into space. The same crew comes back to attempt to destroy the king of the monsters once and for all and reclaim Earth for themselves. Fun fact. Now, in most of his depictions, Godzilla is seen as a giant prehistoric lizard that awakens from a deep sleep to wreak havoc. In the Godzilla Earth anime trilogy, however, they reimagine the character's origin completely. Now, he's still a massive kaiju with atomic breath, but when designing his look, they didn't look to lizards, but to trees. Yes, this version of Godzilla is actually a plant monster with a look designed to reflect a giant old tree that takes over a forest with a lifespan far beyond any lizards you'll ever find. So when you see Godzilla Earth next time, examine the subtle ways he resembles the tree of might from that Dragon Ball Z movie, for example. Anyway, that is Godzilla Earth. I got to tell you, the one way you take a huge, scary monster and make them even scarier is to base them off a plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly where. Listen, I love the series. Don't get me wrong. I love the series. It's really, really cool. But um, not sure I agree with the whole plant motif. Well, whatever. Hey, you know what? Case of restaurant. All right. Here are the details for the Hulk. Now, the Hulk, a.k.a. Bruce Banner, was created by the iconic duo of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and first appeared in Marvel's Incredible Hulk number one, published in May of 1962. Following his accidental exposure to gamma rays while saving the life of Rick Jones during the detonation of experimental gamma bomb, Bruce Banner is physically transformed into the Hulk. Of course, we know all this. But then when the Illuminati, a group of heroes, came together and sent the Hulk off into space, Hulk then became the champion of a planet called Sakaar, came back to Earth and got his revenge. And he came back known as the World Breaker Hulk, the most powerful version of Hulk we've ever seen. Quite the scary individual. And all I got to say is I'm all about this version of the Hulk. Now, of course, the Hulk has been depicted typically as a misunderstood rampaging hero and at times even the villain. But one thing is for sure, if the Hulk is involved in the storyline, you know it's going to take insanely powerful opponents, a minimum of planet-busting power, and a very large repair bill to overcome his out-of-control destruction. And you gotta love someone like that. And here's an interesting fact about the Hulk. Did you know that a superpower of the Hulks that first appeared in the late 1980s was thanks to Batman? It's true. In the early 80s, Batman and the Hulk fought in a DC Marvel crossover event. It was magnificent. Batman got the win somehow in a fight with the Hulk where he made the Hulk breathe in superhuman amounts of knockout gas. Well, as you can imagine, for some reason, fans were outraged by this. So the writers of the Hulk did the only sensible thing and made sure that the Hulk no longer had any reason to breathe and that knockout gas no longer worked on him at all. So if you're ever wondering who to thank for some of the insane power levels of the Hulk, Look no further than your friendly neighborhood, Batman. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Delvin, do you have any questions before we get started? No questions, but I'm super excited. As are we. All right, season six. Here we go. Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Godzilla Earth. Now, I'm going to do some light spoilering for this trilogy because, of course, I am. One of the big exciting things that happens is that this crew of humans and uh, two different alien races that join the humans to fight Godzilla comes on back to earth with a mastermind like an expert in godzilla right and his whole deal is i have a plan it's gonna work we're gonna kill him they talk about the plan they figure out the plan it's a lot of talking in this anime they finally enact this multi-tiered 
very, very specific plan involving very, very tight windows of time to do things. And they end up killing Godzilla in the movie, right? In the first movie. And the big reveal is that was just one of Godzilla Earth's kids. So originally the Godzilla that they fight is 50 meters tall. And then after they kill him, they wake up real Godzilla Earth, who is now 300 meters tall. The biggest Godzilla you're ever going to find by quite a lot. And originally the Godzilla that was killed, the baby, was 10,000 metric tons. Godzilla Earth in his bigger size is 100,000 metric tons. I love the Hulk. I think the Hulk is delightful. I think the Hulk can do massively great things. Do I think even World Breaker Hulk can flip over a Godzilla-planted, gigantic, 300-meter-tall character with 100,000 metric tons of weight? No, sir, I do not. And let's also not discount the fact that Godzilla Earth is constantly exuding radiation. I understand that gamma radiation is what caused Bruce Banner to become the Hulk in the first place and give him the powers, right? But I've seen radiation in some forms of the Hulk actually weaken him. Uh, and Worldbreaker Hulk might be a whole different animal. I want James to answer that question. But Godzilla Earth exudes radiation to powerful levels. He's also very, very stealthy. Due to the way that his uh, biology works, he's immune to all radar. Doesn't help him against this character. I just found that very interesting. Now, his special powers. He's got a roar, which is a sonic attack. It levels everything. Just using the air out of his mouth. He doesn't even need to do an attack. He just talks really loud. I know what that's like. My voice has boomed down barns before, and Godzilla does the same on a much more massive scale. He can also swing his tail and create a rippling shockwave, just, again, using the air and his pure power that cuts through everything in its path. He did this to destroy, like, a huge contingent of the Earth forces with no battle even commencing. They were there. They were ready to fight. He swings his tail, and the power of the air off his body destroyed them all. This is a character who, in his tiniest form, 20,000 years ago, stepped up out of the ocean and destroyed Los Angeles, destroyed San Francisco, destroyed Seattle easily, stomped in his way through the Midwest. The America went, we got to take care of this guy. Look at he's over Iowa. Let's just get him now while no one cares about the collateral damage. Sorry, Iowa. It's the reality. And he they fired 150 nukes at Godzilla. No shot did it work. It only it was like Independence Day, right? They just leveled the entire area, and Godzilla was not damaged at all. This guy is too big, too powerful, and just basic movement is enough to level armies. Worldbreaker Hulk is in trouble. And that's my point number one. Kudos to Ray Cicadas talking about how Godzilla's stealth and ability to not show up on radar would be somehow uh, an important thing to, you know, for whatever reason, mention in this fight with the Hulk. I remember the first Hulk issue I ever read where the Hulk's looking at, uh, you know, radar to figure out where the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, that never happened. Just a thing. OK, here we go. Uh, let me push back on all this. First of all, I actually agree with you. There is a lot of talking in this series, in this anime. Um, but it's still cool. There's a lot of cool storylines and what have you and stuff being revealed. But yeah, a lot of talking. You kind of need some more action. Uh, now, look, the Hulk in his weaker form can lift things that are way bigger than this big version of Godzilla. I remember the Secret Wars where a mountain range was dropped on him and the Hulk 
held it up. That was during the what early to mid eighties and world breaker Hulk is insanely more powerful than that version of the Hulk. Just putting that out there. Godzilla's tail, you know, creating a shock wave that destroys a bunch of like military type of stuff. I think that's really cool by the way. And awesome. The tail is definitely a factor, but that tail creating that shock wave, the destructive power is pretty much, I don't know, a fraction of what a thunderclap can do when world breaker Hulk actually does it. And, you know, I'm going to talk about World Breaker Hulk, but let me just kind of put this in perspective with my point number one. I'm actually going to use baseline Crazy Powerful Hulk before we get to World Breaker Hulk, because I actually think that version could beat this version of Godzilla. Let me kind of go into that from point number one. Let's talk about the baseline Hulk's powers. And again, we all know the Hulk is powerful, but it's important to define, as I've always said, is how powerful he is, and even what powerful exactly means when talking about him. So let's talk about the super strength. Spider-Man created this really cool, you know, chart and system regarding physical power in the marvel universe and the hulk is in first place easily surpassing thor and hercules by far now the hulk strength overall potential was established as being what was called superior to the collective power of the most powerful avengers we said this before the hulk strength overall power has been calculated as incalculable and some of the greatest minds in the marvel universe couldn't figure out its upper limits and only stated the best way to describe the hulk strength and power is as infinite the beyonder who is the embodiment of a universe took a look at the hulk and says yeah i can't even figure out how strong this character is he's infinite absolutely a universe said that about the hulk uh let me just put that way you know another thing to put in perspective this version of the hulk is so powerful he was able to destroy an asteroid in seconds that and then this asteroid was twice the size of the earth that's insane uh, again, the thunderclap, that's something he can do when he slaps his hands together. And when he does this, it's compared to the strongest hurricanes in history. By the way, those are more powerful than what the Hulk, uh, the, what Godzilla does with his tail, as impressive as, as impressive as that is. Now, let's talk about some other cool stuff. He can jump over a thousand miles at a time. He can propel himself into orbit because that's what he can do. He's also super durable. How durable, you may ask? earthquakes the destruction of planets none of that compares to the fact that the hulk was able to fight his way through having all of reality thrown at him from this other dimension again a dimension was weaponized thrown at the hulk he fought his way through it tanked all of it and knocked out the person who was doing it really cool the hulk's easily tanked the kinetic energy of a literal supernova exploding on his body he tanked John johnny nova's nova blast which is one million degrees fahrenheit and even took full blasts of destructive cosmic energy from Galactus. As great as Godzilla is in this crazy form, Galactus, I'd say, has slightly more destructive power in his blast. It's also been calculated the Hulk's stamina is almost unlimited. Keep in mind, the Hulk has fought Thor, and in one time was really cool. They had this extended fight, and Thor actually collapsed from exhaustion on the ground in this fight. You know, the god of thunder Thor who can fight at full power for hundreds of years, if not more. And the Hulk outlasted him in the fight. He's got a healing factor that may be better than Wolverine's. For example, when over 90% of the Hulk's flesh was burned away from an energy blast fired by a character called Vector. Again, it only took three panels on one page, otherwise known as three seconds, for the Hulk to completely regenerate back to normal. Keep in mind that even somehow the Hulk's body is separated from his head, separated from his body. He can reattach it. And his body can still be controlled by the head like weird magical body parts. This is something Wolverine can't do. Now, speaking of healing, he can regenerate appendages. He's got body part autonomy, which I mentioned before. He can control anything. If it's somehow an arm is off of him, he can still control that arm. He's actually got super speed. This is crazy. Uh, he can run at eye-blurring speeds. He can swim fast enough to build propulsion. In fact, he swam so fast when he was trying to come after Namor, he actually matched Namor in the water, caught up to him, which surprised the heck out of Namor because he can swim at 345 miles per hour. He's actually faster when he jumps 
than when he runs because when he runs, he stops having friction on his feet to propel himself off the ground. That's why jumping gets him there faster. That's science. Don't know how it works. It's a thing. He's so fast in a fight. He was able to tag the Silver Surfer while the Surfer was maneuvering at supersonic speeds. He can automatically adapt to any environment. I already talked about it before in the preamble, whether it's in space, underwater, somewhere else with no oxygen or atmosphere. He's going to be fine. If he needs to grow a, a gill-like appendage, whatever, to breathe underwater, he can do it. But he doesn't even need to breathe anymore. Being out in space, not a problem. And don't forget, the matter he gets, the stronger and more powerful he becomes. And one thing that's weird about the Hulk is that if he's starting to lose a fight, that actually pisses him off even more. If somehow, which he won't, if somehow this baseline Hulk is getting the worst of this fight in the Godzilla, he's going to get angry and say, Hulk is the strongest one there is. And all of a sudden, this guy is like James Gabsy at a candy store when they run out of candy. Mayhem ensues. That's something he's done against a character named Fin Fang Foom. This is a kaiju-sized dragon with all the strength and powers of Godzilla, except he can fly and has magical abilities as well. Look, let's make this all really interesting. I really do believe this baseline version of the Hulk can beat Godzilla Earth, but this is not the version of the Hulk I'll be referring to in this battle. That one's way more powerful. All of that is my point number one. All right, excellent, excellent, excellent. Now you're talking about the idea of World War Hulk's strength being incalculable. That is characters in the story lacking the imagination to put a finite number on it. Just I could sit here and say our Judge Delvin Cox is easily the most handsome man to have ever existed on this planet. Now that could be just hyperbole or it could be somewhat true in some way. The point I'm trying to make is it's a conceptual idea. It's not something that they're actually putting numbers to, and we need numbers to really establish baseline of anything. And when you talk about a mountain range falling on him, that's great. Mountain range doesn't fight back. A mountain range doesn't have this array of powers. A mountain range doesn't thunder, thunderclap the air with his tail by swinging it. The basic thing is I understand that World Breaker Hulk uh, can defeat him. I know that the Hulk has defeated Kaiju. Godzilla Earth is not just some Kaiju. An eight-foot-tall Hulk versus a 300-meter-tall Godzilla. The thing is Godzilla was able to destroy all life on Earth, a thing Hulk tried to do, and failed. Or held back because he didn't feel like he wanted to. Delvin Cox, I do agree that... There is an argument to be made that not only are you the smartest person on the internet, you also may be the most handsome person to ever appear as a judge in the first match of season six, right? Just making sure there's an argument for that. Where's your head at so far at this battle after hearing one point from both Ray and myself? So far, it's even, but it's it's early in the matchup. And I think some really interesting points came out. I, I like the whole idea of Godzilla took 150 nukes. That is an insane thing, <laughs> you know, and I think that matters. <laughs> that matters a lot. And I, I'm curious to what effect it had on him, whether it hurt him or not, and that kind of weighs a little bit on me. But um, other than that, I think there's a lot good to be said about both characters. The Hulk being super fast, I think it's going to help him in this battle because I'm curious how fast Godzilla is because Godzilla's a hulking creature. But with that hawking sound, I'm curious, will a hawk speed be able to help him get in a little bit of advantage? But at the same time, will Godzilla's strength, like, you know, getting hit by that tail is a lot. And Godzilla, that's one of the many things Godzilla has to his repertoire. So I'm very interested to see where this battle goes. Yeah, it's just so funny. You picture this visual. You see the Hulk standing in front of you. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a hulking beast. And then you see a... 300 meter tall 
plant-based Godzilla coming at you, you're like, you know what? I may need to redefine what a Hulk is real quick. But with all that being said, again, excellent insight by our judge, Delvin Cox, quite frankly, the smartest person on the internet. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime Checking Account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime Checking Account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. All right, Racy Canis, let's see where your head's at. Hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Godzilla Earth. We do need to take a moment and talk about his atomic breath. This is his number one attack. It is the number one obvious attack of Godzilla. Even though he did use these other attacks I mentioned earlier to wipe out entire armies that were there to defeat him, the atomic breath is how he defeats the big hosses of his universe, right? It's a charged electromagnetic particle beam. It will produce up to three terawatts of energy, a range of over 200 meters. Uh, and that was found, uh, well, we'll explain that in just a moment there. This is an atomic breath weapon that is a targeted, uh, essentially a targeted heat-based, you know, atomic-based uh, attack. Uh, you could call it nuclear if you really wanted to. It's atomic. It's atomic breath. And it's very targeted, and it can either be widened out to be a much bigger area, which he's done before, or it could be much more limited uh, to hit a, a smaller target. Although a smaller target to Godzilla is like, what, a city? So he, he hits a lot of stuff. These are area of attack attacks. No matter how fast the Hulk is, he's going to get hit by some of this because he's not hitting a person. He's hitting a landmass, and that makes a big amount of difference. 
It levels cities with one shot. It kills monsters like Mothra uh, came out and gave him some trouble for a second, but he came back and destroyed Mothra. Uh, there was another monster in the first one who was one I'm not as familiar with, but was essentially put out there to be the first punching bag for Godzilla. So yeah, only limited respect to that kaiju. He one shots with the atomic breath. If he hits you with the atomic breath, and you're a gigantic, powerful, durable monster, you go down in one shot. That's the whole point of the atomic breath. He also created a red spiral variant in order to kill Gorath. That's the guy I was mentioning just a moment ago. Uh, That was exciting. He then realized he had this weird cosmic sense that he knew an asteroid that was much bigger than the moon was hurtling towards Earth, and it was going to destroy the Earth. So I believe he went underwater and hibernated and gathered his strength and essentially, you know, like a Goku spirit bomb, got his energy like in in a hibernation sense for over five years. Then he popped out as the asteroid was about to hit Earth, used this, used a variant of his atomic breath, launched it into space at the asteroid and then destroyed the asteroid and saved the Earth. People could cheer for a second. He went right back to killing all the people afterwards. What are you going to do? He used his atomic breath to blow out one of uh, King Ghidorah's heads. King Ghidorah is a dimensional monster in this particular version, not the traditional kaiju that you would even refer to. And not only that, this atomic breath has destroyed portals to another dimension. The dimension that summoned this uh, this shifty Ghiadora monster, he was able to destroy the portals by shooting them with atomic breath. Now, when you're able to destroy things like that, that would have been very handy in the Battle of New York for the Avengers to just shoot an atomic breath into that portal and it would just disappear. Wouldn't have needed the heroics with the nuke, Tony Stark. Sorry, Hulk, you didn't stop that with your power either, did you? The point I'm trying to make is the atomic breath destroys everything it will also bring down world breaker hulk for at least two minutes and make him reconsider if this is even a battle he wants in the first place and that's my point number two all right some good stuff there because it was actually this is where there wasn't as much talking during the series right of godzilla earth and the action was coming in and i gotta tell you the action was fantastic but uh little stuff i gotta push back with First of all, when it comes to the atomic breath, this isn't like Superman shooting out heat vision or Cyclops shooting out his optic blast. This is something that takes a little bit of time to set up. And after he shoots it, it's then something he has to almost like recover from and then store up energy again. He's not doing this rapid fire blast. It's a very powerful blast, but it's like a single shot that takes a lot of ramp up and time to do it. And he's got to shoot it in one direction. It's not even like he can turn his head and keep you know that quickly with it. It's not that... Uh, mobile, if I may, it's got a stationary target where it really works best. And the problem is, even if he does hit the Hulk, it's not going to take him out because the Hulk's taken much more powerful blast. You know, supernova's exploding. The uh, Johnny Storm's Nova Blast, which is a million degrees Fahrenheit, that's insane. Uh, Galaxus Blast, all that stuff I'd actually put up there is more powerful than what you're describing. Remember, the Hulk is someone who, you know, punched out with, you know, took out an asteroid that was twice the size of the Earth, like it was nothing. I think his durability is going to help him with this one, especially in World War Hulk style. Uh, And again, World War Hulk, I mentioned this before, has actually taken on someone who blasted him with the power of a million exploding suns and tanked it and smiled and kept on fighting. That's when he fought Sentry. I'll provide some details on that later on. And then on top of all of this, 
you know, that portal that you mentioned, that was really cool. Part of the storyline, spoiler alert, was that King Ghidorah and that portal weren't obeying the laws of physics. So King Ghidorah could actually hurt the, the Godzilla, but Godzilla couldn't even touch King Ghidorah. All of that changed when Godzilla got some outside help from one of the inhabitants of Earth. Not want to put out too much details there. But again, outside help is not something he's going to have in this battle. So with all that being said, let me get to my point number two. And at my point number two, let's just do it. Let's introduce World Breaker Hulk. So without going into too many details, this version of the Hulk is the most powerful version, physically powerful version of the Hulk who's ever existed. And by the way, fun fact, they're also a master warrior and a brilliant fighter. So after being exiled in space by the Illuminati, I mentioned this before, you know, the Hulk finds himself on the planet Sakaar, and he was sent there by Reed Richards, uh, Tony Stark, Professor X, and some other notables as well. And on Sakaar, Hulk transformed himself into this incredible fighter and a genius strategist. For and, and fun fact, he actually overthrew the Red King. That was that tyrannical ruler of the planet. And then he returns to Earth with a plan to demolish everyone to, who kind of wronged him. This included the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, the Inhumans, and the X-Men, all in order to get his revenge on the Illuminati. And in essence, he won and got revenge on all of them. And the only reason Hulk stopped was because he kind of felt like he was ready to stop because he got what he needed. So what makes this version of the Hulk so much better to fight Godzilla Earth? Well, he has the ability to use weapons, especially improvised weapons, and he can use the environment around him. This isn't just a rampaging Hulk who's going to throw a car at you. This is someone who's going to learn how to smash you into a mountain, to throw a mountain at you, to figure out how to get you, lure you into one spot so he can take advantage of the environment, whatever it is. This is a very smart fighter. Now, this version of the Hulk, can absorb energy like no one's business. He can absorb gamma energy, any type of radiation, nuclear energy, atomic energy. And when he does this, he becomes much more powerful. Who's to say he's not going to absorb and take Godzilla's nuclear radiation within his body? Oh, that's right. That's exactly what he's going to do. Now, World Breaker Hulk is also much, much, much stronger, way more durable. Uh, in terms of numbers, Ray Cain, you said, put a number on it. Here you go. He's likely above the sextillion ton range in terms of strength because he was able to pull together two tectonic plates on planet Sakaar, which is in the 60 sextillion ton range, and did that in order to save the planet. That's pretty cool. In terms of personality and durability, that's another durability feat, by the way. In terms of personality, this version of the Hulk has one similar to Conan the Barbarian. He's super smart. He's really cunning. He's a master warrior with a massive hunger for battle. This Hulk loves to fight. So you've got a way more powerful version of Hulk who's a master warrior, genius strategist, and a master combatant. And this version of the Hulk has an amazing win record against some incredible opponents. This one, this World Breaker Hulk, has beaten, as in beaten, the Avengers. And this includes a Hulkbuster-suited Iron Man. All the X-Men, including Professor X, the Fantastic Four, Juggernaut, Doctor Strange. He had a fun fight with Ghost Rider, but that one just didn't end in a, in a, in a winner loss because Ghost Rider actually had to take off. Uh, remember, even Black Bolt, you were talking about that sonic scream, you know, something that you know Godzilla can do. Black Bolt has that powerful sonic blast at Killer Scream, and the Hulk said, no, 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 give me your full blast scream. Black Bolt unleashed it, and the Hulk was like, cool, and then just tanked it and then beat the heck out of Black Bolt and the humans. It was crazy. And this version of the Hulk even beat a character named Dormammu. We know this person. That's the ruler of the Dark Dimension. And while the Hulk was in the Dark Dimension, that's when he beat him. He beat the ruler of an entire dimension. This is crazy. And I need to correct something, by the way. In an earlier episode of Who Would Win, I said that Sentry, the character known as Sentry, actually beat World War Hulk. I was wrong. See, unlike to race to Canis, I use my impeccable reading skills. That's the thing he should get to reread that specific instance of that too, unless you're having their epic fight. And what happened at the end of the battle after World War Hulk got blasted by the power of a million exploding suns, 
Sentry fell unconscious to the ground, whereas Bruce Banner was left standing, smiling, and with his eyes having a bright green glow, which means Worldbreaker Hulk beat, you know, who many thought within the Marvel Universe was the most powerful being in all of existence, which immediately made Worldbreaker Hulk, I'm talking about Sentry, of course, which immediately gave the title back over to Worldbreaker Hulk, and now he has the title of the most powerful being in highest level of physical power ever achieved in Marvel, all until he achieved an even higher power level, which I'll explain in my point number three. Have fun with all of that, Godzilla Earth. And that is my point number two. Oh, I'm going to have a ton of fun with it because uh, obviously Worldbreaker Hulk is, is fantastic. I don't see how he gets a grip on a 300 uh, meter tall Godzilla Earth uh, that weighs over 100,000 metric tons. He weighs a, a ridiculous amount, 100,000 metric tons. And yes, pure Hulk strength is one thing, but there's a difference between trying to pick up a person and trying to pick up a person who doesn't want you to pick him up. Anybody can see that. Picking up raw power is one thing. Doing it to something that is actively fighting you, very different. Did I miss something? You mentioned that, oh, King Ghidorah in uh, the Godzilla Earth series uh, could have defeated him and needed outside interference. The only reason Godzilla couldn't defeat him is because he had this ability to essentially go intangible like Vision because he was from another dimension where he could not be touched, but he could touch, right? And then when that power got taken away from Ghidorah, Godzilla whacked him and whacked him quickly. So did I miss the point where you said Worldbreaker Hulk can go intangible? That was the one advantage that worked against Godzilla, but it's not going to be in play. Here is it. I also asked the question, how did Worldbreaker Hulk lose? Huh. I'm going to leave that right there and maybe get back to it after my point number three. But remember, in his own uh, comic book series, Worldbreaker Hulk did not win. Keep Ooh. that in mind. I think uh, our reading skills are slightly on different levels, but we'll figure that out later because now we're at the turning point. Delvin, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. But before we get to what Delvin has to say... Let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patreon of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle ray. Which patron do we have today? Today we're going with one of the OG patrons, uh, somebody whose suggestions have been on the show several times before, a very influential member of the Legion of Audience. We are, of course, going with Nathan Fair to open up Season 6. Ooh, Nathan Fair. All right, in honor of both Nathan there and the fact we're using Godzilla Earth. Let's use another giant creature from cinema. Let's have Nathan Fair go up against the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Oh, man. Well, Nathan Fair, as we all know, is a legend on the Who Would Win show. This is a guy who has stood up to everybody. And why? Because despite the fact that his name is literally Nathan Fair, he is the most unfair fighter in every way that he possibly could find. So... You got Nathan Fair in New York City walking down the street and around a building comes the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Nathan Fair knows that he has to win this fight. So what does he do? He picks up his cell phone and dials in outside interference. Not allowed in a who would win battle. Definitely allowed when Nathan Fair is being unfair to his opponent. And who does he call? He calls Kobayashi, Joey Chestnut, and all of the professional eaters that have ever existed in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. They're already right there in New York, getting ready to go. They show up quickly, devour the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and Nathan Fair slaps his hands together. Job well done. Nathan Fair, you got it once more. You know, typically, 
the who would win matches wouldn't allow you to have outside interference or outside help. But this isn't that. This is Nathan Fair magically summoning those around him that are already kind of there and getting him them to aid him in this battle is going to stand well done with Nathan fair. Great victory on your part. Remember you too can become a celebrated page from the week. All you have to do is go to patreoncom slash who would win show and sign up. And you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. Who do you think is ahead? And what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? I honestly think that was a very strong point too by James. I, I am impressed. I think he brought up some really good points in terms of like, Hey, Hawk can kind of absorb energy <laughs> and not only energy, radiation, but the radiation that it may be from Godzilla. So I'm interested in Ray countering that for one thing. I think the sextillion ton sounds impressive, but how will that apply to fighting Godzilla? And, you know, I think that's going to be, I like the stats being put out there, but I want to see those stats being applied. I think Ray brought up some great points as well. You know, Godzilla moves. So, it's, yes, you can probably lift that, but trying to lift someone that doesn't want to be lifted is very difficult. <laughs> so that's also important. I also like the fact that James brought up the good point that, hey, Godzilla needed help to beat King Ghidorah. And Ray brought up the point, like the counter, that, hey, if Ghidorah wasn't kind of cheating, <laughs> it, it would have Godzilla would have watched him. So... This battle is very, very close. I'm very interested to see how one hawk can kill such a giant beast. Two, I want to see, I want to figure out if hawk can kind of absorb Godzilla's atomic particle beams. Because that I think that's a game changer if he could. And on the other side, for Ray, I want to see if Godzilla can take out Hawk before Hawk gets mad. Because usually when Hawk gets mad, he, for lack of a better term, hawks up and gets stronger. So the key to victory for Godzilla would be able to either A, knock out Hawk before he gets extra mad and gets stronger, or B, kill Hawk before he gets to that other level. So there you have it. Interesting points. From Delvin Cox. And uh, I'm not sure about you, Ray, but I think this is going according to plan. Let's see how this plays out. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three and where we put it all together, let's talk about the other powers of Godzilla Earth because he's not just big and gigantic and just his mere motion destroys and level cities. Not only does he have an attack in the atomic breath that one shots very, very, very powerful characters in his own world, he has a host of other abilities as well and let's talk about it. He has an electromagnetic shield just naturally. He has a force field around him at all times. That means that this is a, an ability to stop attacks upwards of nuclear bombs. The reason why those 150 nukes didn't work, Delvin Cox, is because he has an electromagnetic force field around him at all times that his body just exudes that stops these sort of massive attacks from hurting him. He also has super durability from his skin alone his metallic muscle fibers because he is like a combination of like metal and plant life. And he's this weird hybrid where his actual cells work as like batteries to store energy and then help him expel energy. 
He's not like a standard like creature. He's not that. He works much more uh, in, in, separately than that. His metallic muscle fibers essentially give him a super powerful exoskeleton on top of the fact that he has a force field around him. Even if his force field is somehow down, he has massive heat resistance as well and, and can take that kind of damage without even trying. In one of the episodes, one of the movies, he becomes a character named Scarlet Godzilla when they drop his force field and they try to inject him. And we'll get into that plan in a sec. But he essentially goes Red Hulk supernova and becomes his body over 1,000 degrees Celsius and essentially just like supernovas everything around him like he was the human torch. But that's not all. He also has a healing factor. If you were able to injure him in some way, if you're able to like rip him in some way, punch him, hurt him, destroy one of his organs, he repairs in mere seconds. And this is a guy who's that size. The amount of damage that you would have to cause to even hurt him, get through the force field, get through the exoskeleton, make all of this happen. He just in a few seconds regrows that uh, organ inside of him. He's just not going to be defeated by that. In fact, you know how human beings shed? That's what dust is, right? When you walk into a room, there's a lot of dust. That's like skin particles. He sheds skin particles like the rest of us do, except those skin particles created new life and essentially terraformed planet Earth in his own DNA image. This is a guy so powerful, he just creates life by, by like, you know, shedding uh, skin cells. Ridiculous. So now there's trees that are super metallic and sharp all over the Earth. There's other creatures that are based on Godzilla's DNA that are just, like, thriving. Humanity has a problem when they try to go back to Earth because it has become a death world in Godzilla's image. The actual plan to kill Godzilla that worked on baby Godzilla in the first movie, here's what it took. They had to disrupt his shield by hitting him uh, very, very hard in one specific place, right? That only dropped it for a short period of time, at which point they had to launch a second targeted attack against his dorsal fins to stop him from like, uh, it's basically this is like a weak spot on him uh, uh, when the shield is down. But even that's not enough to bring him down. Once the dorsal fins had weakened him further, uh, they had to implant EMPs to go deep inside his body. And then all those EMPs detonated, exploding his uh, cell structure and blowing up Godzilla. They had to do all of that. And that killed the weaker version. Did it work against the bigger version when they tried it? No, it did not. That's when he just became the Scarlet Godzilla and went supernova. And everybody was like, we were really hoping that was going to work. We never stood a chance. At the end of the movies, they don't defeat Godzilla Earth. Godzilla Earth wins the trilogy and humanity has to essentially give up its technology, submit to Godzilla and live a more primal existence just to survive. That's the lesson of the movie. Nothing beats Godzilla. And that's my point number three. Now, this is all stuff I love about this version of Godzilla. He's got a healing factor. He's got these force fields. He's got all this great stuff going for him. But at the same time, in the series, his kryptonite, so to speak, was revealed. And that is when King Ghidorah was able to start draining and absorbing Godzilla's power. What happened to his healing factor? What happened to his force field? What happened to all this great stuff he has? It got weaker and weaker and almost non-existent because Godzilla 
was getting mortally wounded by King Ghidorah. And you can say it was King Ghidorah's bites, right? No, no, no. It was because King Ghidorah was robbing Godzilla of that energy, of that radiation, of that whatever's within Godzilla. That's what really was doing this. And that's something that Worldbreaker Hulk does without even thinking about it. See, this absorption power he's got, it's not something he has to activate. It just happens unconsciously. I guess that's what you call like the lizard brain, that part of your brain that looks after breathing. You don't think about breathing. It just happens. That's what Worldbreaker can, Hulk can do with absorbing energy. Now, I like all this stuff. But this is where the strategy is going to come in and the accidental strategy of things happening that people aren't even aware they're doing. So let me get to my point number three. And my point number three, let's talk about the even stronger version of World War Hulk. See, just like in the Dragon Ball universe where Goku can go from Super Saiyan to Ultra Instinct Goku with a much higher power level, the Hulk has a similar ability. This is really cool. So just when you thought the World Breaker Hulk, who beat Sentry, was the highest level of power the Hulk could achieve in the Marvel Universe, it was revealed immediately after, like moments after, that Worldbreaker Hulk could go even higher in power, much, much higher. This was thanks to him deciding to absolutely absolutely unleash his power without holding back at all, which is absolutely going to be a thing in this fight with Godzilla Earth. See, in this battle, World War Hulk's going to see Godzilla Earth as an opponent that needs to be vanquished. Godzilla Earth is still animalistic, maybe smart for an animal, but that guy's going to be like, I don't want to take too much damage. Maybe I got to get out of here or whatever. It's going to want to survive. World War Hulk's not that type of thinker anymore. World War Hulk, the Conan the Barbarian, means the most powerful version of the Hulk ever, wants to absolutely destroy Godzilla in this fight. He's going to be very game for this fight. Now, with this higher power level comes some new abilities. For example, he can actually make armor from his flesh. Unlike the regular Hulk, World Breaker Hulk can mold his very bones into some type of exterior exo armor. It's a pretty scary thing. I don't even know why he needs it, but again, he's got it if he needs it. Now, this version of the Hulk is so freaking powerful. He literally unleashes a world-breaking amount of power with a single step. When he stepped forward, when he got this new level of power, when he took a step forward, the entirety of New York City starts to crumble under his weight, and it almost sunk the entire eastern seaboard. All he did was slowly place one foot in front of the other. Now, a few more steps, and it was believed, I believe it was Tony Stark or maybe it was Reed Richards, one of the two, said that the entire continent of North America would have collapsed under this kind of crazy power of Worldbreaker Hulk. Now, every ability of the Hulks gets taken to really much higher levels. Even his thunderclaps now are planet-breaking, planet-shattering thunderclaps because of the insane power he's got. And this version of World War Hulk could easily break a planet with a single punch. Now, what's also taken to a much higher level is his already existing ability to absorb energy, which he then uses to further power himself up even more. In one fun fight, he robbed, unconsciously robbed, all the gamma radiation from the red She-Hulk and the insanely powerful character called Sasquatch. No relation to James Gavsey, by the way. And the World War Hulk even absorbed all the radiation from several nuclear bombs that blew up right next to him. So he didn't just tank him. He just absorbed all that power. And the more energy he absorbed, the more powerful he gets and the bigger he gets. Fun fact, as World Breaker Hulk, he absorbed so much energy at one point, he actually grew into a kaiju-sized Hulk. That would be awesome to watch a kaiju-sized Hulk take on Godzilla Earth. Just a fun fight. And the same version of Godzilla that World Breaker Hulk is now facing. This guy was on, this version was on the, the verge of being defeated by King Ghidorah. I've already explained this. And King Ghidorah was just absorbing that energy, which brought down that shield, which brought down the physical capabilities, the healing factor, all that kind of good stuff that, you know, uh, Godzilla would normally have on him. And again, Hulk is going to do this and absorb that energy, probably get even physically bigger and more powerful. That's just something that's going to happen. Now, 
Worldbreaker Hulk easily defeated some really cool people. He defeated a character named Armageddon, a villain who was able to easily stomp and take out the Silver Surfer. Why is this important? Because Silver Surfer is one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy. You know, again, not as powerful as Galactus. And someone who took him out, Hulk just easily slapped him, took him out with one shot. It was fun. One fun fight was when Worldbreaker Hulk was what was called the Dark Dimension, this really crazy dimension. And he's fighting Red She-Hulk, who's insanely powerful. And he punched her once into a planet. And the planet exploded, like literally exploded, like the Death Star just shot it, completely destroyed. And the insanely powerful creatures who had just been fighting the Hulk right before the punch happened, who were standing nearby, they instantly died from the force of the punch. And even some nearby moons were destroyed by the shockwave of that single punch. One punch from Worldbreaker Hulk did all of that. And just to drop a comparison, this version of Hulk beat two, per- two super-powered kaiju-sized opponents at the same time who were both amped up in power over a thousand times more powerful than their already class 100 strength levels. And Worldbreaker Hulk, a fun fact as well, he's got this enduring, unbreakable willpower. This is something that's going to be a huge factor in this. You think he's going to get blasted by Godzilla by that beam? He'll probably absorb it and then probably just be like, wow, that hurt. He'll regenerate. He's like, this is going to be fun. I'm taking that huge thing out and he's going to town. See, this is the thing about this version of Godzilla. It doesn't have unlimited power. It's got limited stamina. Its energy can be absorbed. And when it is, it gets weakened. We've seen that before. And this is not something that's going to be good for Godzilla at all. When you compare the two, Godzilla Earth could possibly destroy the Earth given time. Absolutely. Worldbreaker Hulk has to hold back from not accidentally doing the same thing. And he easily breaks planets, as I outlined before. Godzilla uses radiation atomic type energy. Worldbreaker Hulk absorbs it, uses it to power himself up. Look, see, this is what it comes down to. Godzilla, he may be the ultimate king of the monsters, but the Hulk, Worldbreaker Hulk, is literally the strongest one there is. All of that is my point number three. All right. You know, you said a few things right here. A few things I want to talk about before we render our decision today. You know, first off, Mechagodzilla uh, was a character who had nanomite uh, metallic pieces in him, right? We all know the nano, the nanobots, right? Well, he was able to be defeated uh, and then became a city. The nanobots actually created a city with massive attacks, massive defense, and two atomic blasts leveled and destroyed every piece of nanobot technology. And if you're able to destroy things on that sort of molecular level, I think you have the power to bring down a character like World Breaker Hulk. But the thing I really want to talk about is the storylines. I mentioned before, Godzilla Earth wins his trilogy. At the end of the day, the hero of the entire series uh, basically put all of the equipment and all the technology, got into a plane, spoiler alert, and flew it directly at Godzilla Earth. Godzilla Earth destroyed it, destroying what was remaining of technology that left on the planet, basically. And that sated his anger for a minute. And everyone else became kind of uh, feral. And they sort of, you know, had to live the way that they lived with no technology. Godzilla wins. In World Breaker Hulk, in the World War Hulk storyline, he could have potentially destroyed the Earth after beating a lot of these big heroes. Except Tony Stark fired a whole bunch of laser beams from space to bring down and defeat World Breaker Hulk. And I'm sorry, but if you get defeated by getting bombarded with orbital lasers, then definitely an atomic breath or any number of these Godzilla attacks will be enough to bring you down. One of these characters won his story. The other was defeated by orbital lasers. That should tell you the difference in power right there. Wait, so you're talking about when he did that to the World War Hulk 
after the whole New York thing, not World War Hulk when he's in the dark dimension well after that. Is that correct? I'm talking about a defeat of World Breaker Hulk in his own comic book. I'm sorry, James. That's the reality. You can choose to accept it or you can live on a Godzilla planet somewhere. Like King Ghidorah also got okay. So you're 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 picking like in the, the middle of the storyline, not the end of the storyline, where he's way more powerful. Got it. I understand. Oh, show, oh, sorry, James. Show me in the Godzilla Earth storyline where Godzilla Earth lost. You can't. King Ghidorah, and you need outside help. Now here's did not defeat him. Here's because he had outside help. Here's the thing, though. I understand how Race to Canis works. You know, season six after all, but none of that matters because we have to get to the decision. Delvin, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make an insane judgment. The only way that you can, Delvin, it's time for your judgment. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will. And reveal who you think wins this battle between Godzilla and the Hulk. This was an extremely hard battle to judge because they 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 both have such almost infinite amount of power. But I came to a decision. I came to a decision that it has to be a victor. I have one. And this is what I came to. Based on the things that I was given, I think there's been a lot of excellent points brought up. Well, let's, let's just break it down. I feel like based off the attacks, I feel like Godzilla's attacks definitely would hurt Hulk a lot. But I don't know if he would hurt him enough to take him out completely. I feel like the whole radiation thing matters. And I I, I think Hulk's, the Hulk, World War Hulk, Planet Break Hulk, what do you want to call him, has enough intelligence to do something that Ray mentioned that took out one of the Godzillas. And it's kind of like just attack certain points on Godzilla to weaken it. And I, based off of everything I've heard, I think the Hulk would be able to absorb the gamma radiation for this battle. I, I, I don't think the whole strategy King Ghidorah did kind of was working. And I think the outside interference definitely did help Godzilla in that case. And the whole thing of Hulk destroying planets and getting to the point where he's so strong that as he walk, he he's destroying planets just like crazy. And him throwing She-Hulk through planets also a lot. Like I, I, I am thoroughly impressed. And I'm also thoroughly impressed with this Godzilla. The whole this Godzilla is crazy, crazy and powerful. And the story sounds amazing. Like incredible. It all boils down to this to me. Here's the thing. Ray, you said earlier that Godzilla is always admitting radiation and this hawk feeds off of radiation so he's gonna constantly be powered like a like a battery by godzilla and i think because of that that will take world breaker hawk over the edge so i have to say the winner of this matchup is world breaker hawk come on and there you have it. The new season, Delvin. Why are you doing this to me? The genius of the internet, of Delvin Cox, kicking off the biggest match in a long time, episode one of the Who Would Win Show of season six, giving the right decision, giving me the victory, saying World Breaker Hulk overcomes a very game, a very powerful Godzilla Earth race to Canis. You were here too. How do you feel knowing that you got the first loss of season six? Well, I'll feel great knowing that I got the last win of season five because I am the season five champion and a great champion am I at that. You're all welcome for my presence. Delvin Cox, shame on you. 
Worldbreaker Hulk lost battles. He got defeated by laser beams. And yet you're going to sit here and tell me he's going to take the atomic breath. Delvin, I expected better. Well, you should have known better. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, I mean, the truth hurts. That's that's all I got to say about that. Listen, I got to tell you, my hat is off to Ray Stacanus for coming up with just I mean, this was something I, I've got to get used to this, that Ray is not only debating better, but his 4D chess is really also improving drastically. I agree. He was like, let's do Godzilla against a powerful version of the Hulk. I'm like, great. And then last minute, Godzilla Earth, the most powerful version of Godzilla ever do exist. And Ray somehow got the who would win production team to say, yes, that's who we're using. That in itself was a victory race to Canis. Would not be something I would say because you lost the match, even though you use the most powerful version of God's. By the way, it's Worldbreaker Hulk. They wrote this character to be insanely more powerful than an already insane powerful version of the Hulk. I just don't know how this works. Delvin Cox, congratulations on kicking off season six of the Who Would Win show. Just kicking it off in the best way possible, doing it the only way you can. Bring your genius, your expertise, your handsome good looks to this show Thank you so much. Please come back. In the meantime, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. You can find me on X pretty soon, Threads, because I'm getting off that app. <laughs> At Delvin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox experience and the PlayStation experience. Anywhere you get podcasts, and if you're a fan of audio dramas with superheroes and stuff, check out Justice League Mortal, because I'm Green Lantern. And Ray's there, too. I love it. All right, Ray, this was just the first episode of many more to come for season six. I'm ready for it. In the meantime, tell our listeners where they can find you online. I hope that this particular decision is not uh, foretelling a foretelling of what season six is going to look like. I made great points. I had the edge the entire matchup. Yes, King Ghidorah was able to leech off of Godzilla Earth's energy. The only reason he was able to do it is because he was intangible and Godzilla couldn't fight back. The second that he was tangible, you know, like the Hulk is, he had no chance and got quickly one-shotted by Godzilla Earth. I would love to see a movie, a one-off, a TV show, a what-if perhaps, uh, animated of Worldbreaker Hulk versus Godzilla Earth. There were a lot of complaints about Godzilla Earth. I think it's one of the most imaginative, interesting storylines, but there is a lot of people standing around talking about what they think we should do and having debates about it instead of monster stuff. You know, as much as I did not really care for Kong versus Godzilla, whatever, the MonsterVerse movie, at least there was a ton of monster action in it I could get behind. Now, the anime is okay, though. Uh, it gives you the most powerful Godzilla. It's a cool take. It's a cool world. And Godzilla wins. Gosh darn it. That should be enough for anybody. Find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316. We got work to do. We're going to clean up this town. We're going to take out the trash. And by trash, I mean James Gapsy. I've been called worse by a lot of better people. Here's the thing. You can find me on X, a.k.a. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing that James Gapsy. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a message for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. 
quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.